All right, all right. So, hey, uh, I'm throwing the curveball here. Our, our, our volunteers are going to come around and receive um, the giving today. So if you have some offering, go ahead and drop it in that as that comes by. If not, you can just pass it to the person next to you. Um, and that's going to come by uh, right now. And so, hey, guys, good morning. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, let's try it. Hey, guys, good morning. Fantastic. Um, it feels like it's been forever since I've been up here. And um, if it's your first time here, I want to say welcome. We're glad that you're here. Um, it's my hope that you're sitting beside somebody who invited you, um, who cares enough about you that said, hey, I want you to come and check this thing out um, that we're doing called GSM. And so um, if it is your first week here or it's your first week back in a while or you've been here for the last month and a half, you're here as we're kicking off a brand new series today um, that we're calling Flee. Uh, and what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks uh, are the, the topics of dating, lust, and sex, okay? I hope you guys are excited as I am because this is one of those series because I, here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth about this kind of a series. No one, very few of you admit or want to admit that you're like, this is what I want to hear in church. I want to hear about dating. I want to hear about lust, and I want to hear about sex, very few of you will actually admit that, but everyone inside is like, come on, Ryan, bring it today. You know what I mean? It's one of those topics, it's one of those areas that we're all influenced by. It's right in front of us. You're in high school, let's be honest. Sex is something that your friends have been talking about and potentially even engaging in for years now. This idea of dating is something that we're all like, you know what, it's that time, let's get, let's, let's get, let's get this ball rolling. And then there's lust that very few of us actually want to talk about, but it is right in front of us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time over the next couple weeks unpacking this, looking into God's word to see what he wants us to learn, what he wants us to know, and what ultimately he wants us to do. And so here's what I encourage you to do. Don't miss a week. Okay, don't miss a week. Because we're going to be plowing through some awesome material. We're going to be plowing through some scripture that just, it just helps us navigate through life. But here's the other thing. On, the, on week four, three weeks from today, we're going to have a question panel. We're going to bring up some, some people, some young adults and some adults who just want to answer the questions that you have. And so as you're going through this, if you journal or if you have your phone out, whatever it is, if there's a question that hits you that you may, man, I hope Ryan addresses this. Write that down, and hopefully as it goes on, hopefully some of those questions get answered, uh, but the, the reality is there's probably going to be some questions that I don't get to, because let's be honest, we could spend a year on this series and not answer every single intimate and unique question that everyone has, and so I want you to save those in week four. We're going to do like we've done in the past, where you can anonymously text those, and we're going to answer those questions uh, to the best of our ability. And so I encourage you, be engaged, be focused during this series. Um, here's the thing. I don't know so much today, but in the next couple weeks, there may be some times where it gets a little awkward in here, okay? That's okay. We're going to embrace it because the truth is you guys can handle it. The truth is you're having conversations uh, on your school buses for those of you who ride. You're having conversations in the locker room about these things. You're having conversations on Snapchat and on Instagram about these things. And so what we want to do is we want to bring that conversation into the context of church. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Fantastic. So <clears throat> we're jumping in today. And so today what we're going to do as we jump in this, we're going to talk about the specific area of dating. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to look into God's word. But one of the problems that we find with our context today versus what God's word says is the, the practice of dating is not a biblical discipline. You know, in Jesus' time, in, in Old Testament times, in New Testament times, the, the practice of dating was not something that existed. It was literally, hey, you know, for me, I have a daughter and two sons, okay? We've got Finley. She's the oldest. Colton is our middle child. He turns two in two days, and then Judah is like two weeks in a day old or something like that. And so in biblical times, what I would do is I would say, hey, I've got a daughter. What can I get from another family to marry her off? They were arranged marriages, and it was like, hey, how many goats can I get for my daughter? Or like if it's big, big deal, then I'm going to get a donkey along with that deal. 
You know what I mean? It was arranged marriages. And so this idea of dating is something that's relatively new, of I have the potential to pick my future spouse. And so as we look into God's word, we're not going to find an exhaustive list on, hey, here's how you should date and here's how you shouldn't. Here are the, here, here's what it looks like to have an appropriate dating relationship. There is not a book of the Bible or a section of the Bible that, that just gets into the weeds of dating. And so what we need to do is we need to take some other things from God's word, see what it looks like in our lives, and then say, how do I contextualize that? How do I put that into 2018 where this idea, where this practice of dating does exist? And so that's what we're going to do. And so if you're looking for, hey, a checklist of do these things in dating, you won't find it in God's word. But what you will find is some great wisdom that will lead you in the path that you need to go on. And so then after you know that, the ball's in your court, and it's your decision what you're going to do with it. It's my hope that you would follow the wisdom that God's word provides. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with the wisdom that God has given us and the direction that he's given us. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. Simple, 14, 15, 16. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. If you don't have a Bible or a device, that's fine. It's going to be up on the screen for you. We're going to jump in. So this is what Solomon, so Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs, and he's, he, he was the second wisest man to ever live on earth, second to Jesus. When he, was a young, when he was a young man, God said, hey, Solomon, I'll give you, it was like a genie moment. He goes, I'll give you one, one, uh, one gift. I will give you one thing that you desire. What do you want? Solomon goes, man, I could, have, I could ask for riches. I could ask for power. I could ask for my enemies to be conquered. But no, 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 no. I'm going to pick wisdom. And so he says, God, grant me wisdom. And how awesome is it for us? How convenient is it for us that the second wisest man to ever live, we got it available to us. And so this is what Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. He says this, the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that, that you have placed us in 2018 where we get to navigate through life as high school students, uh, where we get to navigate through life as single people who are looking to the future and trying to figure out what you have planned for us. And so God, it's my prayer that as we look at this topic of dating, I pray that your word would speak to us. I pray, Father, that as we look to the, to the men and women that you have, have, have given new wisdom to, additional wisdom to, that we can take that, we would apply it to our lives, and we would follow a path of wisdom that we would not be fools, but that we would be wise. And as we pursue dating relationships, we understand, Father, that you may not have given us a specific list, but you have given us wisdom to guide us in that. So it's my prayer, Father, that we would hear that today, we would apply that, and that we would be obedient to that. So, Father, it's in, your, in your name we pray. Amen. And so, um, didn't plan this, but as I was thinking today, I was sitting beside Emily, my wife, in, in first service, and I looked at my watch, and I go, oh, today's May 6th, and immediately I go, is it Colton's birthday? And I was like, no, no, that's the 8th, and so I was like, there's something specific and unique to this date, and for those of you who were, who were around one year ago today, Capita knows exactly what I'm talking about, you guys helped Emily and I move into our new home. And so thank you again for that. That was so kind of you. It was the fastest move-in of all time. Uh, but as we, were, as we were moving and planning, about a month, a month before that, a month and a half before that, we decided we were going to sell our home. We were, getting, we were getting at maximum capacity. We just couldn't fit our family and all of our stuff in our house any longer. And so we began the process of saying, hey, what do we want in a new home? You know, one of the things that we realized very quickly is in our old home, we had a one-car garage. I mean, it was simply one-car garage. It had a really big yard. We knew that we, we wanted uh, a garage when we moved into our first house. We wanted a big yard. But what we quickly realized is with a yard the size that we had, the garage quickly was occupied by a lawnmower and then a tractor because I didn't want to push it anymore because it was too big and lawn equipment, and a wheelbarrow, and all of these different things. We also realized we didn't have a whole lot of storage in our house, so the, the garage became the place where we stored 
a lot of our belongings and our, the stuff that we owned. And we quickly realized that a one-car garage was not exactly what we wanted. And so we said, hey, when, whenever we move into a new house, we have to have at least, we really, really want, I mean, it's not a have to, we really, really want at least a two-car garage because it's really nice to walk out in the morning. Some of you may get to experience this if you're, if you're really lucky, but for most of you who drive, you don't get to experience this, but we really like to walk out in the winter and not have to scrape our windshield off. And so we're like, we really would like to park our cars in a garage. And so that was one of the things that we realized that we really, really wanted. We also realized that we have aspirations, as we're living this out now, of having a larger family. And so we, know we, we knew that we wanted more than two bedrooms. You know, we don't want kids sleeping in the same room as us, and you can only buy so many bunk beds before the room is full. You know what I mean? Uh, and so we realized we wanted um, some bedrooms, more than two bedrooms. As we continued to, to look at the things that we wanted, we realized we wanted a really, if we could, we wanted a really big basement. We wanted a really big basement so that we could entertain family and friends and some of you guys. We realized we wanted that. But we also wanted to live in a, in a, in a safe neighborhood. Like that's something we're like, that's a high priority list. That's high priority on the list. We want a safe neighborhood. But we also want a neighborhood where, where our kids are going to go to a quality school, where they're going to have the best opportunity for an education. And so what we realized is we started to, to create this list. We started to create this list of things that we wanted, things that, hey, we have to have this in our house, okay? Like basic number one, if we're buying it, it has to have at least four walls. You know what I mean? Like basics. But then there's some of these other things. Like it would be really nice if we could have a, a finished basement. We would really like to have that. And then there's like the, the extras that come along with it. We would like a newer kitchen. Didn't get that, but that's okay. You know, money runs out after a while. Um, <clears throat> but we created this list. We created this list of the things that we wanted so that when we began to go and look at different houses, we could say, hey, you know what? I was so taken back by the kitchen, I completely forgot about everything else that I wanted because the kitchen was so amazing. And so we wrote down this list so that when we would walk out of a house, we could check it and compare it to the list and say, hey, you know what? Here's some things that it did have, but remember we said we wanted a two-car garage? Well, that one only had a one-car garage, even though the kitchen's really nice. Man, I, that's pretty high on the list. And so today I want to talk to you guys, and I want to I talk to you around the area and the topic of, of today's message title, and it's stick to the list. Today's message is called Stick to the list. And so as we, as we compare buying a home, it, can, it is comparable to the idea of dating. It's comparable to this practice that we have established in the United States known as the dating relationship. And it's very much like buying a house. Obviously, different risks and rewards in buying a house versus dating someone. But the practice of buying a house and preparing to, to do that and creating a list, it, it flows seamlessly into this idea of dating. And so the first thing that you want to do as you begin the process of, of dating or looking to begin to prepare to date is you need to begin to create a list. You need to look at the things that you want out of a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but even more than that, out of a potential spouse one day out of a future husband or a potential future wife, and you need to create a list. Hey, he or she needs to have these things. He or she better not have any of this in their life. You need to begin to craft and create this list. Then you need to stick to it. You can't abandon the list. Had Emily and I abandoned the list, we may have found ourselves in a, in a house with 17 bedrooms, no garage, and no bathrooms. You know what I mean? Like, we needed to stick to the list. And so this is something that you need to continue to do. You need to continue to craft the list, and you need to stick to the list as you begin the process of looking for a potential boyfriend or girlfriend. 
This is something that I hope, I hope, uh, this, is, this is what I hope. I hope if some of you are dating, I hope you're sitting beside your boyfriend or girlfriend today. And as, this is, as we're talking through this, you can say, wow, you know what? I have managed this relationship really well. Or, you know what? I have not done a good job of that. And it is my hope that everyone in here really puts a quality assessment on the dating relationship that you may be currently in so that you have the best potential for a future. Let me say that one more time. I seriously hope those of you who are in a dating relationship, you take it into assessment. You look at this, you look at what God's word is calling us to do, and you say, is this the kind of relationship that I need to be in based off the list that I've established? Uh-oh, it's already caused somebody to walk out. <laughs> but you need to craft the list. You need to begin to put your list together. And you cannot abandon your list. See, what happens is a lot of times we have our list. And we say, you know what? He needs to be six foot four, 240, like middle linebacker, but not with the brain damage. <laughs> uh, I can say that because I have a little bit of that from my days in football. Or you can say, you know what? I want to date a blonde, long hair, not short. I want, her to look, I want her to look good in my Letterman jacket. You know what I mean? Like it just gobbles her up. And she needs to be smart because I need somebody to help me with my papers. You know what I mean? That might be your list. But sometimes in reality, my hope is that those of us in here who have a relationship with Jesus, you can, my list starts with two non-negotiables. They love Jesus, not they know God. They love Jesus and have an intimate relationship with him. That is priority number one. And priority number two is they need to be the opposite sex of who I am. Loves Jesus and opposite sex of who I am. Those should be two non-negotiables. And then from there, I would say you should add two, three, four non-negotiables. Hey, they have to be this. They have to be. It's like some of you go, man, I can't, I, you know, some of you ladies are like, I'm five foot two. I can't date a seven, seven footer. It just won't work out. Like, it just won't work out. Maybe that's on there. Maybe that's a non-negotiable. I don't know. It's up to you to decide what those other non-negotiables are. But once you do, then don't compromise it. Because a lot of times what happens is we compromise the non-negotiables for attraction and for chemistry. And that leads us down a path of incredible trouble. And so we say, you know what? I know that, I know that my, 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 my hope is that they love Jesus. I know that my hope is that you know, they're, they're an athlete. I don't know what it is. You do. I hope my hope, my, my, my non-negotiable is they're intelligent, whatever it might be. But all of a sudden we go, oh my goodness. Dude, did you see her? Did you see how good she looks? Or girls, you're like, oh my goodness, he's so cute and this and that. Like, you're just so excited. Like, oh my goodness. He's so cute. Oh, my goodness. Did you see how long his hair is and it's curly? I'm into that, you know? I don't know what it is. I don't know what your thing is. But what we do is we find that we go, I am incredibly attracted to this person. And then you start to maybe develop a, a relationship with them, not a dating relationship, but a friendship. And you go, man, we've got some great chemistry. We just hit it off. We both like uh, Riverdale. Like, what guy likes Riverdale? You know what I mean? But he does. You know, we might go, oh, my goodness. Dude, I can't believe this. This is unbelievable. I've never, never met a girl like this. I've never met a girl like this in my entire life. She loves video games. And she's into what, guys? Fortnite. She loves Fortnite. And so you look at it, and you're like, oh, my goodness. He loves Riverdale, and she loves Fortnite, and we have chemistry. And they're super hot, or they're so cute, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, attraction and chemistry push everything outside. And here's the thing. If we're honest, you probably could look around this room and find 20 to 40 people that you're attracted to. If we're real, you'd be like, okay, he's cute. I'm attracted to him. It doesn't have to be like hottest guy in the room or hottest girl in the room. You can say, I am attracted to that person, that person, that person, that person, that person. It's just who we are. You will find attraction to a lot of people that you interact with. 
And you will also find people that you have chemistry with that you have no attraction to whatsoever. But then you'll find people that you, I mean, we've got great chemistry. And we abandon the list. And there's a problem to this. Because there's this thing that gets in our way that's called focalism. Okay? It's a big, big $5 word. It's not my own. I found it in the dictionary. But it's called focalism. And focalism is the brain's tendency to magnify one thing. And you go, oh, my goodness, he likes me. Oh, my goodness, she likes me. And we push everything out. And you know you've been there before. You may be there right now where you go, oh, my goodness, I like him and she likes me or whatever it might be. And you go, but we have, there is nothing on my list that they have other than the fact that I like them and they like me. And here's the thing. We have the tendency to be completely blind to this in our own lives. We don't see it when we're going through it. But you all can identify someone in your mind, a friend of yours. You go, oh, yeah, she's in it. She's so focused on him. She can't see all the, the garbage that he's a part of. Man, he is so into her, he completely forgot about everything else. It's because we have a tendency to fall into the bad habit of focalism. Because we're so focused on he likes me or she likes me that that's the only thing that consumes our mind. And our mind is tricking us to say, hey, that's the thing you need to focus on. But that's the problem that we fall into. And so we quickly find ourselves in these relationships where people aren't meeting the list. Where people aren't meeting the list and they're not even close. Like we go, oh my goodness, he doesn't even know who God is. And I have an intimate relationship with Jesus. He says he goes to church, but I think that was when he was four. You know, when I talk to her, she just, she's just on her phone all the time. I want attention. Whatever it might be, we quickly realize that we have become so focused on one specific thing that we've missed out on the rest of it. We find ourselves in negative relationships. But then we get in the point where we go, you know what? Ready? I can change them. I can change them. I know, that, I know that Jesus is big, and so I'm going to invite him to church. I'm going to make sure she's at church with me on Sundays. I'm going to make sure that they come and they, they, they participate because if, if they just they love me enough, that they're going to come for me. They're going to be there for me. If I love him enough, if I show enough affection, he's going to stop playing Fortnite and hang out with me more. I know, I know... That if, after a while, I know she's in Riverdale, but in, in, in a couple weeks, she's going to be watching the Cavs game over it, and I'm going to change her. We get into this cycle where we go, you know what, they're not quite there on the list, or there's some things missing, but you know what, they'll get there for me. Let me ask you something. When was the last time you ever really changed for somebody else? Because of their desires for change in you. You didn't necessarily have the desire. Guys, let's be honest. I want to play Fortnite for eight hours every single day. Ladies, I heard a new season of Riverdale's coming out, and they're going to just launch it all. I don't know. I don't know the show. I, I, don't, I have no idea anything about the show. I know way more about Fortnite, way less about Riverdale. But we get to the point where we go, you know what? I can change them. But when was the last time you changed, not because you wanted to, but because someone else wanted you to? That rarely ever happens. As I look back at my life, and I, I believe as you look back in your life, we quickly realize people don't change for other people. They only change for themselves. It's the person who's been smoking for years. It's the person who decides, hey, now is the time where I'm going to begin to lose some weight. It's not until the person themselves decides to change that change will actually happen. No matter how bad we want it for them or how bad we want it from them, people don't change for other people. People only change for themselves. That's the truth. That's the truth. I've experienced it in my life. I've ex experienced it in the lives of others I've experienced it in some of your lives. It's not until that moment where you go, yep, okay, you know what? I am going to follow Jesus now. It is my, you know what? I want to. I know that I have friends influencing me. I know that my parents are influencing me, but I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to turn, and I'm going to make the decision to follow Jesus. It's my decision, and I'm going to do it. 
You can look back and your friends and your parents were encouraging you the whole time, but it wasn't until the moment that you yourself decided to make that change that it actually happened. And so that brings us back to Proverbs. What Solomon is telling us, the wisdom that Solomon is throwing at us. And so here, let's listen to it again. Proverbs 14, 15, and 16. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. The simple believes everything. The simple believe he will change for me. She will change for me. They'll begin to come around on Jesus. They'll begin to treat me kindly. They'll begin to stop wanting these things from me. They'll come around eventually. What Solomon says is, no, no, no. Those who think that, those who believe that, you're simple-minded. Another way that as you look at the... the, the the Hebrew context of this, another word for that is naive. And really what la- naive means is there's a lack of experience. You've been there, and here's the thing. Take it from a guy who has, you know, 15 years of experience on the average person in here. They don't change for you. They don't come around on the other side because you wanted it so badly from them. Don't be simple and believe everything. Oh, it'll just work out. Love conquers all. Mm. What is it from, uh, from the, 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 the movie, this Disney movie uh, with Riley? It's, um, what's, the, what's it called? Inside Out. Inside Out. Thank you so much. The, the boyfriend generator? I would die for Riley. Like, that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, that's just in our mind. But what we, what we need to avoid is being, being simple, being naive, and lacking experience. Take experience from Solomon. Take experience from your parents. Take experience and wisdom from your small group leader, from the senior that's decided to pour into you as a sophomore or as a freshman. Take experience from, from a guy who says, hey, I love high school students and I want to help them. Take experience from someone who has the wisdom, who has the experience. Take some wisdom from them. Don't be simple. So, this, so that's what we need to avoid. We need to avoid simple. So what we need to do is, but the prudent gives thought to his steps, his or her steps, to their steps. The prudent gives thought to their steps. And I had to look this one up because I got a 19 on my ACT and I'm not very bright. I don't know. I didn't know what prudent meant before this week. I'd heard it a hundred times, but never... Never looked it up. And so a prudent person, they show thought for the future. And they, they understand that life is connected, that the decisions I make today will have a, an influence and an impact on what is to come next week, next month, 5, 10, even 20 years down the road. That's what the prudent understand, that life is connected and that today impacts the future. And so what Solomon says, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. And so it was asked one, one, one time in here during a, a, a question panel, is it okay to date for fun? Is it okay to date for fun? My answer is no. My answer is no, because, because as I look to this, it gives thought to, to my steps. If I'm just engaging in this relationship for fun, why am I engaging in it? What fun am I looking to get out of it? We'll get there in a, in a couple minutes. But the prudent gives thought to his steps. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. I would even put it on there. I'm not adding to scripture, but I believe that turn away from evil and foolishness would turn away from evil and foolishness. And so there's times in our, in our, where, we, where we abandon the list because we go, you know what? I really, he's cute. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, he likes me. And so isn't that enough? At the end of the day, like, she is my biggest fan at the basketball game. Like, she's cheering me on harder than my, my, my teammates are. And she likes me. And we give abandon. We, we, we let go of the things that are most important. We don't walk into these relationships cautiously. What we do is we jump into these relationships with, our, with a blindfold over our eyes because we have an affection. We have, we have somebody who likes us. We abandon the list. Here's the thing. 
says this at the end, but a fool is reckless and careless. As you're looking to date, it is your hope, it should be your hope that you find your future spouse. Are you going to be careless with that? Like the single, the single greatest earthly relationship that I have is with Emily. I always tell my kids, I love them. I love my children. But I say, hey, kids, I hope you know, mommy's first. And you guys share the number two spot. And that's the way that it should be. Our single greatest earthly relationship should be that of our spouse. Not future spouse. You can get there when you get there. The single greatest earthly relationship that I hope God blesses all of you with is a spouse. And if we know that that is the best relationship that we need to have, because let's be honest, that's the relationship that needs to sustain the longest amount of time. I would love to know that one day Emily and I get to celebrate. This summer, it's nine years. I would love to know that one day we get to celebrate 50, 55, or 60, and then I'm getting close to expiration. But, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, but if God blesses me with more, it's awesome. I hope that will be the longest earthly relationship that I have. And so why would I walk into that? Why would I pursue that in a careless way? No, Solomon says, don't be a fool. Don't be reckless and careless with this relationship. Don't be reckless and careless with your decisions and with your life. Don't be a fool. Be prudent. Know that this decision affects my future. And show wisdom. Take experience from those who have it. I mean, like, if we really pulled the room in here, like, I've got nine plus, we dated for like a, a year, we'll call it, including engagement. So 10 years, Emily and I have been together. I would guarantee that there is no student in this room that has been in a dating relationship or a relationship with one another for 10 years. And then we have people all over the room who might say, you know what, Ryan, 10 years ain't nothing. I got 20 boys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is. But take experience from those who have it. Take wisdom from those who have it. All of you, and I don't, this is, this is the relationships you have. A lot of you are taking dating relationship advice from your friends who have like three days more experience than you have. You know what I mean? Or they might have less experience than you have. You know what I mean? It just, it doesn't work out. And so as you're going through this dating relationship, as you identify some of these things, and you begin to look at people and say, hey, do they meet the list? Will they meet the list? Stick to the list. Students, stick to the list. Because as you look at it, you are going to hopefully find your future spouse. And contrary to what our world says, marriage is for life. Divorce isn't easy. And so you need to be prepared. You don't need to be reckless. You don't need to be careless. You need to be prudent and plan for your future. So as you're looking at these things, you're going you're gonna to find some, some different people. And you're like, man, I don't know where they're at on my list. I have some of these things that I don't know. I don't know what their future is going to look like. Here's a, great, here's a great tip. A lot of times, somebody's past can point to their future. They can let you know what their future looks like. The present can also point to the future. So look at that and say, hey, you know what? I know that he just broke up with that girl. What did that relationship look like? I know that she just got out of that relationship with him. What did that relationship look like? The past and the present very often points to the future. And so here's my question. Is your boyfriend or girlfriend the ideal person for your list? Or are you making some compromises? I know that hurt. It may hurt. Honestly, it may hurt. It may be like, oh my goodness, this sucks so bad. Like, this is, this is really crappy, Ryan. I don't want to listen to this advice. Because I know I'm in a relationship that I shouldn't be in because they just don't have those things. But we're in the relationship, and we've been going like, really, like we have a really long-term relationship. We've been going for like, going on for like two and a half months. It's been forever. <laughs> you know, I don't think you understand, Ryan, the relationship that we have. And I know that, but maybe I'm telling you, they're not going to come around. And so what is the current status of your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Do they meet the list? 
And here's the thing. It can be like, man, I really like my boyfriend to like vanilla ice cream, but he likes chocolate. I think that's a compromise you can make. But there are big pieces. Like, there are big things. There are your non-negotiables that you may have abandoned. Or for some of you, you may be looking for a relationship where you go, I'm going to put the list to the side. I'm going to put the list to the side, and I'll get around to that. You know, I mean, right now I'm 16 or 17, 18 years old. I'm not getting married next week, and so I'll just put the list to the side. And it reminds me of a story that I heard about this girl. And so she found herself growing up in church, going to church, having a relationship with Jesus, and she found herself in college, and she goes, man, everybody's having a lot of fun. I know, what, I know what I need to be doing, and I know what, what, what I should be pursuing, but I want to have fun. So I'm going to put my list to the side. And it wasn't like she was living a life of debauchery and just craziness, but she quickly found herself, you know, just, just being loose in her relationship with Jesus, being loose on her list. And she went about this for, for four or five years, graduates college, gets a, gets a job. And so she's just living in this lifestyle where she's like, I'll get around to it at some point. I'll make sure my list is squared at some point, but not right now. And one night she's at a party, and she meets this guy. We'll call him Bill because that's a solid name. And Bill is at this party, and very quickly she realizes, like, dude, Bill's the real deal. Like, he's the kind of guy that I would want to marry one day. Like, like she, for, for whatever reason, it was, it was apparent that he had a relationship with Jesus. And they could, she could feel that, and he's just so kind, and he was caring, and she, like, she's like, man, this is... And so somehow they exchange numbers, and they begin to interact one other time, maybe grab coffee, I don't know what it was. And she goes, man, this guy is, like, I'm affirmed that he meets my list. He meets my list. The list that I abandoned, I pulled it back into play, and he meets my list. And so she gets all excited, and she calls her mom. She goes, Mom, I met, I met this guy, awesome guy named Bill, and he is, he is he's awesome. He loves Jesus, and he, he treats me with respect, and he's funny, and he's, he's, he's fit, whatever it is. I don't know. He's, he's, Mom, he fits my list. And she goes, Honey, you know I love you, right? She goes, Yeah, Mom, I know you love me. And she goes, Sweetheart, the way that your life has been going, he might be the guy that you're looking for, but is but are you the kind of girl that he's looking for? At that moment, she realized, not at all. And so that's where it comes to the the most important part. As we are developing the list, as you develop the list and then you begin to try and find that right person, there's a myth. The right person is not out there for you. It's a myth. So often we create the list and we say they have to hit all of these different things and that is the right person for me. And that when I see them displaying these things, that's when I'll know and that's when we'll enter into a relationship and then happily ever after. But the problem is we're so focused on finding the right person that we're missing out on the fact that we need to become the right person. What you need to do is you need to become the kind of person that creates a list that creates a list, I'm going to say right here because I blew it, be the kind of person that the person you are looking for is looking for. Be the kind of person that the person you are looking for is looking for. And so that's what you do. You, 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 you draw out your list. You draw out your list, and these are the non-negotiables, and here's the things that I need to have in a healthy relationship. And then you go be that list. Because the reality is, as you're going through life, you're going to realize, okay, I can't date him, even though I want to, because it's not what I'm focused on. It's not on the list. (laughs) And if you're living that lifestyle, you are going to find that those are the kind of people that you interact with more often than not. All my life, I wanted a Jeep Wrangler. And when Emily and I lived in Connecticut, I finally got my wish. It was awesome, guys. I mean, Guys, you get it. Like it was, I, some of the ladies, you get it too. It was, it was a five-speed, had a Hearst shifter. For those of you who know what it is, Braden, if you're in here, you know that. Uh, had a Hearst shifter, had a hard top and a soft top. Black, I mean, let's be honest, black is the coolest. Black, it was the, the, the small sport, and it was awesome. And I loved 
driving that Jeep. I absolutely loved driving that Jeep. And so, actually, I have no idea where I was going with the story. It completely just blanked. Let me look at my notes. <clears throat> oh, okay, there, there, okay, okay. Got it, Phew, okay. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, and so I, what, I, what I realized, as soon as I got that, there is this thing, it's called the Jeep Wave. Any Jeep owners in here? Jeep Wrangler, not, not Cherokees. You, show me the Jeep Wave. There it is, right here. It's hand on the steering wheel, and when you pass somebody else who has a Jeep Wrangler, you go like this. It's kind of like it's a brotherhood or a sisterhood, depending on who's driving, but you get it. And there's the Jeep Wave, and I didn't know that this existed until I had a Jeep. And people kept driving. Like, at first, I'm like, like, is he telling me the speed limit thir- drops to 30? We're like, what is he saying? Like, hey, there, you know, I don't know. And so I quickly, and I was like, and so I called my uncle, who's a Jeep guy, and I said, hey, what's this, what's this, this like, middle index thumb thing that's going on? He goes, well, this is a Jeep wave. He goes, welcome to the brotherhood, brother. I was like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? However, I never noticed that until I had a Jeep. And it's very much like in your life, if you are displaying these characteristics that are on your list, you begin to recognize those in others. You can say, man, there's no good guys at my school. They're all pigs. They are, honest. They all are. All of them are pigs. Hey, there's no girls that just get me at my school. I don't get it. There's no girls that I connect with. Like, like, like let's be honest. All of these girls are just acting in a specific way to get attention. And you can't find it. My question is, are you displaying those attributes in your life? Because once you start doing the Jeep wave, you start recognizing the Jeep wave. Once you start seeing other people do the Jeep wave, you start to do the Jeep wave. Once you start to say, I'm intimately pursuing Jesus every day, you identify those other people who are too. You identify the real from the fake. And so what you need to do is you need to be the kind of person that the person you are looking for is looking for. Become the person on your list. And you need to be prepared. You need to prepare now. You need to prepare right now for that day. I don't know if that day actually will officially ever come. I'm not God. You know, God has called some of us into marriage and some of us not into marriage. I don't know who that is. But here's what you need to do. Regardless, you need to begin preparing yourself today. Say, I need to have the kind of relationship with Jesus that I hope my husband or my wife has. I need to pursue Jesus. Here's the reality. If you come in here with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, and you're like, man, I need, I need somebody who loves Jesus and who is unashamed to proclaim who he is. If you look at your boyfriend or your girlfriend in here, and during worship, they're kind of hunkered, have a conversation with them about it. Too often, we do not have the necessary conversations with our significant other that generates meaningful conversation. We may go, you know, for, for some of you who are in a dating relationship or some of you who are preparing that, you may come to uh, a you on a weekend and have something that just blows your mind, that the Spirit speaks to you. You may go to a camp or you may go to a conference or you may just have an awesome devotion one day. You should be not afraid. You should be unashamed to have that conversation with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend and expect them to respond in the appropriate way that you hope that they respond. Some of you are hurting right now. I can see it. I was there in high school. I got no business dating her, but she's cute and she likes me. She has, she, like, there's, there was a girl that I, you know, here's the thing. She was on a different path and I was, there was a girl that I liked who was Jewish and she practiced Jewish faith. That is not, that is not the true faith. It is, they, they believe that Jesus was a good man, but they don't believe that he is the, the, the king of kings. And so right there, that should have been a dead sign. Nope, can't date her. Can be friends with her, but I cannot date her. Doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. No, uh uh-uh, no, not going to touch it. I am not going to seek foolishness. I am not going to be reckless and careless with my life. I need to go after somebody who loves Jesus as much, if not more, than I do. And then there gets a point where you go, you know what, man, I'm just getting into this relationship with Jesus. That needs to be priority number one, your relationship with Jesus. So for those of you who are in a dating relationship, I've got a quick um, uh, slide for you. So this is what it is. When you enter into a dating relationship, a lot of the times we find ourselves moving the ball down the field way too fast. You know what I mean? Like, it's a week and I love you already. Like, this is awesome. And so this is how you should structure relationships when you do. Can I be honest? I don't think any of you, I know one of you in here, 
One student in here, and I've interacted with a lot of you, one student in here that I know that I think is mature enough to handle a dating relationship. There's one student in here, and I know a lot of you. And that doesn't mean that they need to be in a dating relationship. I love you all, but the reality is to care for someone else, you have to get your stuff together first. You got to be the list before you can pursue the list. And so, but when you do, I hope that, 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 that years down the road, you find yourself, you say, you know what, I've been pursuing Jesus, I'm mature enough, I'm ready for a dating relationship, and I found this guy who meets the list because I've been displaying the list. Here's what you need to do. You need to go through the RAM model, the relationship attachment model. A lot of the times we get in trouble with this. We get in trouble with this all the time. And so what you need to do is you need to say, I am gonna put, I'm going to put priority on different aspects of my relationship. And as you can see, they cascade from the left to the right in a downward motion. And so what this is, is how you need to identify and look at your relationship. Okay, how well do I know them? How well do I know this person? Your knowledge and understanding of them should be the highest of all of them. From there, that should determine how much can I trust them. Your trust should never be more than your knowledge of them. I trust him with my life, but I don't know his last name. Doesn't work. So you need to know them the most. Then from there, it is trust. And so I trust them, and so how much can I rely on them? How much can I rely on them? And then that determines how committed you are to them. And this last piece we'll get into in the next couple weeks, touch, intimacy. That should be the lowest based on how much you know and then trust and then rely and commit in that relationship. Here's the thing. This gets out of whack. Let's go. Let's be honest. In a dating relationship, guys, we go, I don't know her a lot, but that touch, I really, I want to drive that. And for ladies, it can be the same for you as well. Like, like, hey, I don't really know them all that well. I think she's a sophomore, but we've been making out like it's been awesome. No, it's not how it works. When this gets out of whack, the relationship, the focus on the relationship is in the wrong place. Ladies, it's just, it's just, it's just gender, how a lot of ladies work. I'm not saying this is how it is for everyone, but, but the, the chemistry and makeup, a lot of you say, man, I am so committed to this guy. I'm so committed. I'm so committed to this relationship. I'm putting everything I have into this relationship. I am committed to him. But you can't trust him. There's no trust. If you follow this model, when you decide, when God helps you identify those people in your life that you can enter into a dating relationship with, and you begin to pursue that, this is what your relationship should look like. This is what my marriage looks like. I know Emily better than anyone else in the world. And while I trust her, my trust is high for her, but it's not quite as big as my knowledge of her. And how much I trust her determines how much I can rely on her. And it's just a step below. These can't be parallel. And they definitely can't be right side high, left side low. And so these are the things that you need to develop. This is the wisdom. This, knowing this right now helps you be prudent. Look to the future and plan for it. And so I encourage you guys, as you are looking at this relationship... Identify how much you know them. Identify how much you trust them. Identify how much you can rely on them, what the commitment level is. And then the reality is the touch piece, unless you're holding hands, we'll get to this in week three, the touch piece is really for marriage. Or high five's good too. Give them a high five. At the end of the day, this is what it comes down to. Dating is not about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. Dating is not about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. Guys, don't abandon the list. Stick to the list. And so how do I become the right person, Ryan? You identify your list, you put Jesus at the top, and you begin to pursue him. Jesus has to be, has to be, has to be. He must be priority number one because you are priority number one for him. And when you can say, you know what, I understand in some way, who Jesus is. I understand the love that he has for me, the sacrifice that he made for me. 
and I understand that, and I am pursuing an intimate relationship with him, and you start walking towards him, you start to see other people who are walking in that same direction. It might be that you see the back of their head because everyone that's coming at you that's walking in the opposite direction, there's a, there's, a, there's a massive crowd. And so you might have to walk and catch up and begin to say, hey, we're walking in the same direction. This is, this is weird. There's something different about you. Man, it just, just the, spirit of, the spirit of God just comes out of you. It's awesome. Man, I am so inspired by the love that you have for Jesus. And I have that same love too. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the thing that's most important. If you can't talk about, if you can't talk about Jesus with your significant other, and it not to be like a, so how's your relationship with Jesus going? You know, we can, we can get some ice cream and talk about that later. Like it needs to, it, it should be something that you can talk about freely. And that there is no, there is no shame. It is like, no, no, no. Hey, no, my girlfriend loves Jesus. I don't know, I might love him more, but I know like he's our primary focus. Jesus needs to be priority number one. And as you pursue him, as you're checking off, you're working that first box on the list. And then other things start to fall in because I can promise you, I can promise you, if you are saying I'm sold out and following Jesus and I'm pursuing him, the other things in your list are byproducts of a relationship with Jesus. And so pursue him. Guys, don't abandon the list. Stick to it. Stick to the list. Identify the list. Go after it. Become that list so that you can identify those people. And that when you do meet them, you can be like, wow, we are so ready. Because our priorities have been in the right place. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word and the wisdom that you give us. How you show us what we need to know. God, it's my prayer now at this point. We have the understanding. We have the head knowledge. Father, it's my prayer that we would begin to do that. God, I know that, that that may cause some of us to make difficult decisions to end relationships because we go, you know what, I'm just not ready for this. He or she isn't ready for this. They don't meet the list. God, it's my prayer that not to, not to break hearts. It's not my prayer to, for, for people to, 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 to be heartbroken or to, to be mean or cruel, but it's my prayer, Father, that they would follow you and with the understanding of what you're calling them to do, I pray, Father, that, that they would be obedient to that. God, it's my prayer that those in here who are not in a dating relationship, that they would identify the list, that they would be the list, and that you would be number one. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to move in a direction to hopefully find our spouse. God, thanks for what you're doing. We thank you for your love. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to sing.